You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. What's up, Live Different Podcast listeners? It's Matt coming to you with another awesome episode, this time from Dr. E. Get ready for this one. Hope you guys are doing super well, which is a little bit of foreshadowing for her concept that she calls super wellness. But first, I wanted to give a quick little shout out. As you guys know, we do not accept sponsors on Live Different Podcasts. The only sponsor I ever talk about, of course, is Under 30 Experiences, our group travel company for people ages 21 to 35. You guys probably already know about it, but I did want to recognize one other podcast or one other community, rather, that has been extremely beneficial uh, for my life and that I have become an ambassador for. I picked them up as a personal sponsor of mine. They send me a lot of really awesome stuff, and they are putting out information that I have found extremely beneficial to my health and wellness. So if you guys are interested, check out the company called Keon. This is Ben Greenfield's company. Uh, You guys may know him from the Ben Greenfield Fitness Podcast, and they are just putting out really, really good stuff that's made quality impact on the way that I live my life. And so I wanted to give them a quick little shout out on here because I think that there's a lot of crossover between our community and their community. The stuff is top notch. And yeah, I just wanted to to show them some gratitude today. I normally don't talk about other companies, but you know what? It is important if I'm getting value out of a community for me to pass that along to you. And so check them out. Kion, K-I-O-N. They've been really good to me. I hope they will be really good to you. I stand behind what they do and just want to pass that little nugget of information on to you. So thank you guys for giving me feedback on the Live Different podcast. You can always send me a message on Instagram at Matt Wilson TV. Let me know what you want to see in the future from the Live Different podcast. You guys rock. Thank you so much. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm your host, Matt Wilson, and today I'm here with Dr. Edith Ubuntu Chan. She is a holistic Chinese medicine doctor and author of Super Wellness, Become Your Own Best Healer, the revolutionary new formula for creating true, vibrant health. She is a podcaster on The Dr. E Show. She's been featured in a ton of different places, including CNN, Yoga Journal. She has a doctoral degree from Five Branches University in endocrinology and neuromuscular medicine. She is a graduate of the American College of Traditional Chinese Medicine and a bachelor's magna cum laude in applied mathematics from Harvard University. That is uh, quite an introduction, Dr. E. So without further ado, welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Matt. And I'm so honored because I'm actually a huge fan of yours. I checked out your website. I'm so impressed with the work that you do in the planet. So it's a big honor to be here. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm glad we were able to connect. And it sounds like you're spreading a lot of really valuable information through your book, Super Wellness, and actionable stuff that people can do starting today, hopefully hopefully without even listening to the entire podcast. Hopefully, Of course, we want them to listen to uh, it until the end, but I mean, there are, there are just so many practices that you've taken from 
all sorts of different places in your studies. So yeah, I'm excited to, to dive in. Yeah, you know, super wellness is actually um, a distillation of, how should I say, 16 years, I counted something like 40,000 hours of clinical practice. I discovered that most of what I learned in my many years of academic studies is actually overly complicated. Okay. And that people are suffering unnecessarily because our world has told us that health and wellness is way more complicated than it actually needs to be. And I've had the honor of working with elite endurance athletes and also patients suffering from the so-called incurable or very debilitating diseases that Western medicine says there's no hope. You can help and manage symptoms, but it's all downhill from here. They give them these bleak outlooks. And I've been shocked and surprised by, regardless of whether it's the super elite endurance athletes or the super sick patients who are really struggling on a day-to-day basis, it's the same simple principles. And the most of the most potent and powerful things are those very simple things that everybody can and should be doing on a day-to-day basis. So I was excited to write this book because I realized that I've really like cracked the code and there's such beautiful, powerful, potent and simple things that everybody should know about. That's great. And it seems like uh, traditional Chinese medicine has been around for who knows, thousands of years. I'm just speculating, but this is something that, well, before people had degrees in applied mathematics from Harvard, they just listened to themselves and their environment, I would assume. So I'm curious if you could go into a little bit more about what Chinese medicine is in particular and how it differs from Western medicine. Okay. Chinese medicine, you know, I'm humbled when I start talking about Chinese medicine because you hear about these ancient masters who are so powerfully in tune with the rhythms of nature and so completely aware of their inner dimension that I almost feel like they're a different breed of humans. You know, many people have heard about acupuncture meridians. We have these meridians within our body, this energy flow. And a lot of times people say, how did they figure it out? How is it that modern medicine is just now able to measure that what they called Chinese meridian where the chi flows? Now, recently, we're able to see that it matches perfectly with the fascial anatomy and it matches perfectly with the lines of electrical conductance within our soft tissue. Okay. They knew that five, 6,000 years ago, right? Sure. So how is that possible? And I, I've had some small experiences with going into silent retreat for prolonged periods of time. And maybe you have also, I know you spend a lot of time in nature and contemplation and studying nature and, and just, just kind of listening within yourself. We've all probably your audiences a lot of nature health nuts and um, we've all had those experiences. Now imagine instead of just a three-day retreat or a five-day retreat or a seven-day or 10-day retreat, you spend decades meditating, doing qigong or yoga or tai chi, studying nature in stillness and silence. I think they were like a different breed of person. Yes. (laughs) That the average smartphone user checks their phone 150 times a day now. 
So we're like geniuses in terms of our awareness of how our phone works, but we're so badly missing an awareness of how our health works and how nature works. And so I think the ancients just made that a priority to study that. And so they came up with this whole beautiful understanding of how to live in harmony with nature and also how our inner health is a lot like weather patterns, is a lot like ecology. So the whole system of Chinese medicine looks at health almost like gardening. It's part art, part science, and how a human being needs sunshine, needs water, needs air. Yes. You know, needs to have the right kind of environment for it to thrive. And it's not so rigid. It's not like a one-size-fits-all situation. Like being a good healer means also the same as being a good gardener. You have to understand the science and physiology, but also have a green thumb. Also have an intuitive capacity to listen deeply and just go with the flow. So in a nutshell, I'd say that's what I really appreciate about Chinese medicine is that it looks at the holism of your environment and all the many factors that come together to, to create a beautiful flourishing kind of health. That's great. And I, I love the parallel that you bring into this, uh, of course, as we're comparing timeless Eastern wisdom to modern Western practices about your cell phone. And yeah, we are just innate geniuses about what's going on on Instagram and Facebook and our email and all of our notifications. Right. But I also wanted to point out to everybody that the practice of mindfulness can actually become addictive, if you will. You know, in, in my experience, it's easy, not easy, but it is possible to start to become at least habitually able to check in with yourself on a moment-to-moment basis if that's what you put your attention towards in the same way that we check our phones. And so I'm curious if you, yeah, could you go into a little bit more how that is possible to continue to check in on yourself? And you don't just have to sit down on your yoga mat and sit in some fancy posture just to be able to recognize what your mind is doing. Right. Yeah. You know, with super wellness, we really start off with having people become aware of their energy because energy is everything. Like how many of us have had those experiences where we are cranky and irritated? We make careless mistakes because we don't have the right quantity or quality of energy to meet life's challenges. Right. So the mindfulness that we practice is really attuning to your energy. And so actually my book, I tell a funny story that I was invited to do a talk about wellness at Reddit, you know, Reddit. Yes, of course. Yeah. So it was like all these like super smart go-getters and it was a lunchtime talk. And I said, um, okay, you guys don't look at your phone right now, but do you know to the nearest 10%, what is the energy level, i.e. the battery level of your phone right now? And everybody raised their hand. Everybody (laughs) knew exactly where their battery level was on their phone. And then I said, okay, what about your battery level of your body right now? Scale of 10, how is your energy? And there was like a waft of embarrassment because suddenly people got it. People realized they knew their phone way better than they knew their own body and physiology. And that is not cool. No. Right? But that's the world we live in. 
The good news is it's really easy. We just need to bring a moment of awareness. So we took a couple deep breaths and I encourage your listeners to do the same. Take some deep breaths and scan your body right now. What is the quantity and quality of energy that you have right now? On a scale of 10, how much energy do you have? And on a scale of 10, what is the quality of energy you have? Is it frazzled? Is it frenetic? Is it calm and centered? That's mindfulness. This, that's simple. So at Reddit, all these people are like, ah, my energy is like a three or four right now because they're having like a, a little food coma after lunch, you know? And so I said, if your phone is at 30 or 40% and you still have half a work day ahead of you, won't you be like, I'm a little anxious. Where's the plug? I got to plug this thing in, right? Sure. So I want to encourage people to realize if your battery, your physical body battery is like a three or four, you need to have some exercises, practices, something to charge yourself back up to meet the demands of the day. It's just not, you know, we're kind of like dangerous driving cars and stuff with low energy, you know, walking around and saying unkind things to our friends and family or making careless mistakes at work because we don't have the right energy. And so I would say start with that kind of simple awareness, even set your phone. You can use your phone as a distraction device or as a device to serve you for your purposes to become the best version of yourself, right? So we could set a phone alarm to say, okay, quick mindfulness check-in three times a day. You check your phone 150 times a day. Could you check your body and your mind and your energy just three times a day. If you just stop listening to this podcast right now and just did that consistently for the rest of your life, it will be a complete game changer. You do it one day, that day is a game changer. You do it every day, you will have a completely different life. I promise you. Because the moment you become aware that your energy is not where you need it to be, you're going to do the right thing. Like take some deep breaths. Like get off your butt from the chair and go outside and get some sunshine, get some fresh air, do some jumpies, go drink some water. So a lot of the tips that we share in Super Wellness are almost this mind-blowingly simple. Great. But if you start stacking these kinds of practices, you absolutely blow your mind with the changes that you see. And you realize you almost like have to just fall on the floor laughing because you realize that our world has made this stuff so complicated because if it's this simple, who can sell you stuff? Nobody can make money off of simple mindfulness. Like I've just told you the key three times a day, check in with yourself. And naturally, you know that, Hey, I need to stop doing this work and go outside and take some fresh air, deep breaths right now, you know, and that's a lot of the natural, natural practices in Chinese medicine are that simple. And gradually over time, they evolved into more and more elegant practices. But it starts with this kind of simple awareness, just checking in with yourself, checking in with your energy. And naturally, you'll know that, wow, I feel so much better when I get fresh air. I feel so much better when I go outside and get sunshine. I feel so much better if I just I'm tired right now. Well, instead of complaining about being tired, go sleep some more. Totally. It's like, instead we think we need to grab some coffee or something like that. So super wellness is an invitation to bring back the simplicity again and to not undervalue it because our world has bombarded us with so much advertisement 
even like these diet and exercise programs I've discovered are often unnecessarily complicated, but it's complicated. If it sounds fancy, if there's an app for it, it seems more sexy. So our minds tend to want to gravitate towards these complicated systems, but actually what I've discovered is simplicity is often way more powerful than we give it credit for. Okay, great. And I'm glad that you mentioned stacking habits and we can get into these different types of habits. But if the listener right now is working at their job and we all know that society is set up so that we have to go somewhere, uh, most jobs you have to start at this time and end at this time. Usually it's from the hours of nine to five and you're kind of looked at a little bit weird if you decide that you want to just that you're low in energy and you're going to go and and lay in the park and uh, feel get in contact with the ground and receive some sun and some vitamin D. Not everybody has that type of flexibility in their job. So what can people do to optimize their work day and also prove to the people around them that all of these habits that they do stack into their day help them perform better at their work? Okay, well, first of all, a little um, self-promotion. If you need help, I'd love to come to your company and have a talk with your company to explain the science behind how if you have better energy through these simple practices, that productivity skyrockets and and our satisfaction with life, frankly, skyrockets. Great. We live in a world where everybody's out there walking around like zombies. And there's a book that I just became aware of where it's, what is the title? It's about how our corporate work environment, people are, are not making a living. They're making a dying. You know? So we really need to, each of us, I feel, have a personal responsibility to help change our culture. And I know Matt is doing enormous contribution there in shifting, helping people think outside the box about what what kind of lifestyle we can all create and um, think a lot more outside of the box about what it means to create a fulfilling career, make a living instead of making a dying and how to how to have flexibility in life to create a joyful, fulfilling and productive life where you're really making the world a better place, really producing in all sense of the word, really giving value in all sense of the world word. And we need to shift out of that paradigm where we have to suffer and sacrifice to make a living. You know, why can't we do it in a state of high energy, joy and alignment where we are nourished on all level in the process of doing our work? I completely agree. And I try to lead by example, of course, through the podcast, but also in my office day to day. And we're trying to create a company culture where it's okay if you have a meeting with someone to walk around the block and get a little fresh air and some movement and some sunshine rather than sitting under fluorescent lighting and being uh, in this kind of stagnant, uh, immobile state. And we want that to be okay. Or if somebody wants to 
take off in the middle of the day because they feel more energized if they go to yoga on their lunch break, for example. That's okay with us. Or if people are tired, I could go on forever, right? If people are tired and they want to come in at 10 because they need to recharge their batteries and they're clearly going to put in the effort to stay later or whatever, make up for it. That's really important. So what type of habits can people stack throughout their day? Can we get down to uh, the nitty gritty here? Yeah. So top of mind, I would say, get some movement into your day. Don't sit on your butt too often, right? So easy things that people love to do is like, let's say you commute to work by bus. Let's say you live in a city, get off the bus stop one stop early. So you get a little fresh air and sunshine. And a lot of my students and graduates from my six-week super wellness course that I've taught about 22, we're about to teach a 23rd round now. So I learned a lot from my students because we share these ideas and then people actually incorporate it into their nine to five, I'm sorry to say, sometimes 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. work life, right? Sure. So people tell me these are, so I'm just sharing, I'm just the messenger passing along some great tips that I learned from my students and clients, like getting off the bus stop and out a stop early, getting sunshine on their way, walking to work, doing some big, deep belly breaths during that time, stacking it super efficient. So you walk, you do deep breaths and you bring your awareness to your surroundings and count your gratitudes on your way to work so that you got, you got your little bit of exercise and you got your breath in, you got some sunshine in, and you got your gratitude and appreciation practice in. So you've primed your mind, body, and spirit in the state where the optimal flow can happen before you start the workday. Great. Another thing that's really helpful that comes from my training as a certified high-performance coach, which was a training that I am so honored to be part of, is I was certified by the High Performance Institute, which is founded by Brendan Burchard, who wrote a book called High Performance Habits that I recommend highly also, is before you enter into email land, set your intention about what are your priorities. Just never spend the first hour of each day needs to be sacred me time. Don't go on tech. There's like a reported 30% increased productivity just from that one change alone. Don't get on your tech for the first hour of the day. Set your physiology and set your mind right and set your priorities straight before you meet all the chaos and distractions of the day. And in high performance habits and in the high performance coaching work, we have very specific tactics for how to be super clear and efficient and how you engage with your text so as not to get frazzled and distracted all day long. So that's a little bit outside the scope of this conversation, but just the first hour of the day, make it sacred me time. Do whatever it takes to get your mind, body, spirit in the right state, prime your state so that you can meet the challenges of the day. Most of us wake up frazzled. You're like, ah, check my phone. Oh my God, I have a thousand messages. And immediately your whole day is set in that tone. What if you spend your time offline doing some breathing, getting some fresh air, doing some gratitude practice? That could change everything. Now, when you go to work, you're in a different state. And you're clear about your, the kind of day you'd like to create for yourself. You set the proper intention and you've set up your physiology in the perfect state to meet the day's challenges. The day is going to go differently. 
And as you meet the day's challenges, you're clear that you want to bring a different intentionality to it to meet the challenges of the day with a different kind of outcome because you're centered and grounded and primed and ready. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm glad that you share. Go on though, Dr. E. So then throughout the day, I encourage people every hour on the hour, and if you have a sit-stand desk, to switch from seated to standing. Don't sit for too long. And I encourage everybody with their sunshine exposure to make sure they get a little morning sunlight. So maybe on the commute, if you can actually gaze towards watch a sunrise in the morning, let the sunrise light meet your eyes and your brain and synchronize your circadian rhythm. Then midday, as much as possible, eat your lunch outside. So many people eat their lunch like ah, crazy. I'm working and eating and starving down a sandwich and you don't what happened to the sandwich and you have indigestion. And when you eat under stress like that, your saliva doesn't have digestive enzymes. Your gut doesn't have the right kind of function and blood flow. And I love to say this to my people that you end up making very expensive poop. (laughs) Jeez. You know, if you have like eat in a rush like that, your body's actually not assimilate the nutrients. I don't care if you're buying the best organic, everything from whole foods it's a waste because you're not assimilating those nutrients and you end up making expensive poop. So that's another piece. Lunchtime, get outside, get some fresh air, get some midday sunlight. So your brain and your body knows is the middle of the day, synchronize your circadian rhythm and eat your lunch, chew your food. Like your mama said, in an unrushed, joyful, peaceful way, take a break from the hecticness of the day. You deserve it. And then when you come back, you're fresh again. Maybe you check your battery, like we said, throughout the day, and you notice that your energy is a little bit lower. So you might like to do some squats, jumpies, movements, tai chi, qigong, yoga, whatever little movements. It doesn't have to be a 90-minute yoga class. It can be a 5 to 10-minute movement that you do. And I have certain routines that I love to share with my clients that are quick, easy, best bang for the buck, self-care routines. But the point is, make it really simple. Five minutes could change your whole day again. Then go back to your afternoon and you're going to rock the afternoon because you just refresh yourself. And then in the evening, when you get back, see if you can spend some time gazing at the sunset. We've become so disconnected with nature's rhythms. And I've found that in my clinical practice, working with thousands of patients, that many of the modern diseases that ails us has to do with our badly out of sync circadian rhythm. And we can't help the fact that many of us have to be in front of computers and tech all day. But do your best with the lighting situation. Can you turn on the blue light blocker all the time? right? Can you make sure that you install maybe full spectrum incandescent light bulbs where possible instead of the LEDs and fluorescents, which have very prominent physiological effects that throws off our hormones and many cellular functions are thrown off because the lighting has been changed into these artificial spectrums. So where possible, get outside, synchronize your rhythms, watch a beautiful sunset. We don't do that enough anymore. And it's like an instant recalibration of your stress when you do that. When you gaze at the sunset, it is so beautiful. It has such powerful healing properties. 
and you'll just notice all the stress melts away. And if you're going to take time to do that anyway, take off your shoes and do some grounding. Maybe you've heard of earthing and grounding that's been found to have powerful benefits of bring all the negative ions back into your circuitry again. Just like electrical appliance needs to be plugged into a plug that has three prongs with that grounding rod, our human bodies, at least as complicated as your fridge or your washer and dryer at home, which requires a third prong, we're walking around with our electrical system all short-circuiting. So grounding is so simple. They found that physiological benefits happen with as little as two seconds of barefoot on bare earth time. Two seconds. Wow. Two seconds. They're able to measure change in skin conductance. You know, like lie detector tests, they measure skin conductance to see if you're frazzled or you're tranquil, right? In two seconds, they see a shift from frazzled energy to tranquil energy in your skin conductance, and it stabilizes after about 45 minutes, which interestingly is how long it takes for the human blood flow to circulate one cycle. So if you can, I tell everybody to do some grounding 45 minutes at least once a week. If you have a chronic disease, I'd say ground 45 minutes every day. But if you're a relatively healthy person, just do a few seconds even. Sure. So go outside, enjoy us. So this is all the stacking that we're starting to talk about, right? This is what the lifestyle, you blow your mind. If you just do one of these things, it's awesome. But as you stack it, you'll become a completely different person, basically. You'll be chronically joyful, high energy, but grounded and peaceful at the same time. And people will be like, what are you doing? What are you eating? What supplement are you buying? Like, what expensive gadget did you start using? It's like nothing. Everything is free. You know, it's abundantly available. We could all do this and we could have a completely different world of people that are grounded, present, joyful and energized all the time. Like you look at how crazy our world has gotten. I wonder how many of us, how our world, our politics, our society would be completely different if we all just put these simple things back into practice. So as we move along through the day, gazing at the sunset, teaches your brain that, hey, it's time to start winding down the day, right? So if you don't have a blue light blocker, definitely after sunset, you must turn on the blue light blocker on all of your devices. I prefer you didn't even get on tech at all after sunset, but I we all know that that's probably not that doable in today's society. So do your best with that. Really minimize your screen time after sunset. And then when it comes to bedtime routine, what kind of winding down bedtime routine do you have? Especially two hours before bed, can you dim all the lights in your house? Can you not watch TV? And if you must be on the screen, wear those goofy orange blue light blocker glasses. So you really make it a sacred, sacred time for yourself to wind down and recover and go into restorative, peaceful healing mode. And what kind of practices do you have to set intentions, maybe give gratitude for all the gifts of this day and set intentions for the kind of beingness you'd like to bring into the next day. And, you know, there's a whole chapter on this kind of stuff uh, on how a really beautiful bedtime routine. And uh, yeah, so. I could go on and on, but you get that idea. I hope yes. the listeners are all saying like, duh, this is so simple. I can't believe it. It's so simple that almost that people just overlook it. 
and they don't do it. So they don't do it. They don't see the results and they have no idea just how powerful this could be if you start putting this stuff into practice. So I want to issue you a challenge for the next seven days, put these things into practice and just blow your own mind. My mind has been thoroughly blown by stacking these exact habits that you that you talk about, Dr. E. I have almost implemented every single one of them from red bulbs uh, in my apartment that signal to my body, oh, look, red, it's the color of the sunset. It's not blue like a midday summer day that I'm currently being blasted with uh, here in in the office where I'm recording, but I do have iris or flux these two apps installed on on my computer so it dims the blue lights from that and i'll go outside and i'll take a phone call of course not on my actual cell phone because i don't want the radiation from it but yeah i'll make sure i'm still connected to the wi-fi and i'll sit there and i'll have the phone call but i'll put my feet on the bare earth and sure maybe someone at our co-working space looks at me a little weird because i have my shoes off but who cares <laughs> right oh about who cares? Please. Sorry to interrupt. I get so excited about this. I, well, I, I think your audience, everybody who's ever met you or seen your work, can t- the proof is in the pudding. Look what huge work you've done in the world by taking ca- good care of your physiology, right? So nobody can argue with that. But second of all, I always ask people to think, what is normal? What our society has called normal is chronically frazzled, chronically anxious, chronically depressed, chronically a little bit sick, chronically low energy. Is it not time for a new normal? Just try, be a little bit crazy. Try something different than society's norm because society's norm is guaranteed to give you the result of chronic stress, chronic unhappiness, chronic depression, chronic anxiety, chronic low energy, and chronic illness. That's normal. So I think we should celebrate being a pioneer in breaking free from that old mold that really definitely doesn't work to create a new normal. This is the new normal. That's why I say super wellness is the foundational education for the new kind of humanity that we're creating, a new kind of normal that we're all bringing forth. People like your listeners, like Matt, like me, we are just showing the world what I hope the future looks like, that everybody has permission to be chronically happy and chronically fulfilled and joyful and have good energy and chronically feeling like they are empowered and inspired within themselves to make life and make the world a better place. Uh, Doctor, I couldn't agree more. And in fact, while you were talking towards the beginning of the podcast about your audience when you went to speak at Reddit and they replied that their energy was at a three or a four, I literally couldn't think of the last time that my energy was at a three or a four unless somebody woke me up in the middle of the night or something. And I was just, and I checked in with myself and I said, well, actually my energy is quite low and I'm at a seven. But for me, that's that's low. And I, I really... I really have stacked all those habits that you're talking about, and it does work. Now, the issue that I have when I explain this to people is I say, hey, look, why don't you try these goofy glasses that I wear? I, I wear the, the $9 UVX 
glasses all the time, especially in airports when there's lots of fluorescent lights. And I really do. I wear them. I wear them in the evening as part of my morning routine. Or I'll say, hey, why don't you go just put your feet on the bare earth? But those things alone don't usually make a physiological difference to someone who isn't incredibly in touch with their body. So if you're just taking the the lay person who doesn't have different types of awareness practices, they might put their feet on the ground and they're like, okay, is this it? Because their mind is somewhere else and they, they don't quite feel it. But once you start stacking all of these things on top of each other and it becomes your your lifestyle, then you really do feel the difference. But what do you tell people who, yeah, they put their feet on the bare ground a little bit, but it didn't make a huge difference in their day. So they lose momentum and then they never have that big stack. Uh, What do you tell those people? Okay, so um, there's a very specific sequence with the super wellness program that I guide people through. And I always start with the low hanging fruits that have the best bang for the buck results so that people get really pumped up. They see the big results and then and it doesn't require tons of discipline. And then gradually over time, we start to evolve into more advanced practices. But we start with the easy best bang for the buck first. And in every arena of life, there's like an 80-20 rule, right? And But what I found with health, there's almost like a 90-10 rule or 95-5 rule. I mean, there's some really powerful things. And so the first thing that I do to blow people's minds is this. I say, okay, everybody knows to be healthy. You got it what? eat right and exercise, right? That's what everybody says. But I say, actually, have you ever met someone who eats the perfect diet and works out every day and they don't seem super healthy? Of course. And everybody started laughing. It's like, yeah, I know one of those. Have you ever met someone who's super joyful and just vibrant and just like love life? And they are so energized all the time, so passionate about life, and they don't eat a healthy diet. They don't work out regularly. You know one of those. And people laugh like, oh, my God, my uncle so-and-so, my blah, blah, blah. It's like, well... What gives here? You know, is it possible that eat right and exercise isn't really the key to health? In fact, there was a study in 2016 that was done where they took these two groups, and I think they're two groups of women, and they were fed a super inflammatory, unhealthy diet and measured blood levels to see how their inflammation went, and a super healthy anti-inflammatory diet where they expected that the diet would really modulate their blood physiology and inflammation. Well, guess what they found in that study? What did they find? They found that when they surveyed these people for their levels of stress, if they reported high levels of stress, it made no difference what they ate. Sure. If they reported low levels of stress, then we're talking, then the diet would modulate the inflammation. Inflammatory diet increased their blood markers of inflammation. Anti-inflammatory diets decrease the blood markers of inflammation. That's just one study. But that really illustrates the point that if you're chronically stressed out, it almost doesn't matter that much if you're eating a very healthy diet. So work on your stress first. 
well, how do you work on your stress? It's like, well, my life is crazy. I got two kids. I've got, you know, I have a high pressure job and all this stuff. And I have an ailing parent that I have to care for. And I'm just like frazzled all the time. Life is like that. Okay. Well, is there not something simple, simple little steps that you could take? And so I say, everybody thinks, oh, I got to eat a healthier diet. So I always say, let's, let's put things back into perspective because do you know how long a human being can go without actually eating food? Who a long time. I've gone a long time. Yeah, so many people, I know you have some health nuts who are listening to the show, so we've probably all done some like water fasts or something, juicing fast. So we know that it's possible to go for periods. And it's been said that Jesus fasted for 40 days, and a lot of people for spiritual purposes will go for water fast for 40 days. I know many friends who've done 21 days water fast. I've personally done three days, five days, nine days, 10 days, 11 days quite a few times in my life. And I'm still alive, right? Yes. So I've got water. It's possible to go and just full medical disclaimer. If anybody listening wants to go on a water fast, please make sure you get the right kind of medical supervision. Because if you have toxicity in your body, a water fast could cause big detox reactions. It's really important to have the right medical support to do something like that, which I've always had. You know, so don't just like do it by yourself without any education or training or support. The point is a human being can live for a long time without eating physical food if you have water. Now, how long can a human being go without drinking water? Oh, it can't be that long. It varies. I think science doesn't really know, but it's been said. I think the medical textbooks say if you don't drink water for three days, you could start to have kidney failure. Okay. So let's say it's three days. Myself and other people, I, I know of cases where people can go longer. Again, don't test this out. Full disclaimer, it's very dangerous to not drink water. But just from that example alone, is it possible that your hydration is 10 times as influential on your health as your nutrition? If you could go for 30 or 40 days without eating versus three days without drinking. Sure. That's good logic. Yeah. So from that logic alone, work on your hydration before you work on your nutrition, because it could be that your hydration is 10 times as important as your nutrition. Drink water and drink the best quality water ever that you can get, like spring water, reverse osmosis water, the cleanest, purest possible water. I have a whole section on this on the book about what kind of water we should drink and how to get that water to hydrate properly, right? Yes, Dr. E, I, I wanted to stop you there because I think this is such an important point uh, and two things that people overlook. One is people overhydrate at times and then all of a sudden they're peeing out all of their nutrients. But then yeah. also, uh, I'm a big proponent of not using plastics as much as possible. One, so we're not using petroleum-based products and throwing these into the garbage and, and landfills, but also there's a health reason behind that as, as well. Although I really, really try to avoid drinking tap water with chlorine and, and fluoride in it. So could you get into some specific recommendations about specific types of water and hydration? Yeah, so there's a section on in the book about listing for people why I don't love to drink tap water. Great. As much as possible if I have a choice. And I want to encourage everybody to get educated on what is in their tap water. Fluoride, for example, 
United States is still one of the last first world countries that still has fluoride. The science is so well documented that fluoride shouldn't be ingested in untold quantities the way that we do. And also the kind of fluoride that we have in our tap water is actually byproduct from the phosphate, the fertilizer industry, and it's quite toxic. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. And it's not the, the natural fluoride that occurs in nature. It's an artificial chemical that when the people put fluoride into the water, they have to wear full on hazmat suits to even like handle the containers of fluoride. And we all know if you have little children, you all know that on your toothpaste that has fluoride, it says that if a child ingests more than whatever, like half a pea size of this stuff, you have to call poison control right away, right? So why are we drinking untold quantities of this stuff in our water? It doesn't make any sense. Chlorine also is a poisonous ingredient that shouldn't be drank in untold quantities. And both fluorine and chlorine and something called bromine block your absorption of iodine. And iodine, we all know, is critical for human health and critical for our thyroid function. And hypothyroidism is in rampant epidemic proportions. And a huge part of that is probably because we have so many substances in our environment, in our water, that's blocking our absorption of the critical nutrient of iodine. So many of us are iodine deficient because there's too much fluoride, chlorine, and bromine in our environment. But that's not, that's just the beginning of the story with, with, with tap water. There's an environmental working group has a webpage called ewg.org slash tap water, where you can look up your municipal tap water and all the various unsafe things. I'm sorry to this super bad news. I love to be the uplifting rah-rah person, but this is bad news right here. The, the tap water that we all have have all kinds of carcinogens and runoffs from pesticides, herbicides, fungicides from our, the, the really poisonous way in which we've treated Mother Earth. It ends up going back into the water and poisoning our water, and it is causing carcinogen ingredients to leach into our water that we are feeding to ourselves and our children. And it's just, if possible, please purchase the best quality water filter that filters out the ingredients that you have in your water. And that means not everybody should get the same filter. You should look up what is in your tap water and get the right kind of filter that you can use to filter out the impurities in your water. But there's something like high percentage, I have to look it up at like 90% of water have, have unsafe amounts of plastics in it now. And they find all kinds of drugs that your doctor did not prescribe for you to take that you don't need to be taking like Lipitor and women's birth control pills and blood pressure medications and antidepressant drugs and painkiller drugs that have either been mistakenly flushed down the toilet by the users or they were just metabolized into somebody's pee and most municipal water supply systems are what's called a closed loop system where they recycle the wastewater clean out all the germs but a lot of these chemicals gets recycled back into the tap water that we end up drinking so it's one of the best investments in your health to get the best quality water filter you can to filter out these things. And where possible, I splurge, I change my budget to buy or have delivered the best quality spring water that I can have access to. So 
I use a Berkey filter to fil filter out the tap water. And then I drink a lot of spring water that's freshly delivered. That's great. I, I actually, I do the same thing. I have a reverse osmosis filter. All very important for people to know that reverse osmosis filter sucks everything out. So you do have to remineralize. So otherwise you're just drinking very, very processed water. Yes. And I do have uh, Mountain Valley spring water delivered in glass to the house. Uh, actually, actually, I'll take that back. I have to walk and go get it. I have a food co-op that's about a third of a mile away. And then I walk back with this five gallon jug and it's, it's heavy, uh, glasses, you know, the glass is heavy and then water is about eight pounds to the gallon. And so it counts even as a workout carrying this thing home. Uh, but uh, Dr. E, you, you brought up a really nice point about seeing things in a positive nature. And it's so easy to go around the world and say, oh my God, these lights are black. You, you could go on your walk and you could say, oh my God, I need to get outside of these fluorescent lights. So you go outside and then you think, oh, geez, a truck just went by. I should put on my mask so I'm not breathing the pollutants. And then, oh God, can't drink the tap water because it's got all these, uh, now it's got birth control pills in it. it, it you could go on and on and just see everything in such a negative light. But if people are watching on YouTube, you are just glowing and a, a beacon of light for your, your patients and, and a lot of people, the listeners. And so how do you stay in that positive mindset when there are so many things to frankly be hysterically terrified about in this world? Okay. Before I answer that question, I'd like to finish the line of thought from the eating and the drinking. Yes. Because there's one more, which is really, it segues perfectly to this question, which is that we talked about how important hydration is. Let's say is 10x more important. How long can a human being go without breathing? Oh, breathing. Uh, not very long at all. I've only gotten maybe a little over two minutes without breathing. So let's say it's two or three minutes. I mean, like a uh, free diver is going to do much longer. Sure, than that. that's just me personally. Yeah. And um, I know, I'm, as you know, Wim Hof is a good friend of mine. He wrote the beautiful foreword to my book and he teaches people breathwork practice and they have mind-blowing results. Yes. And so um, with Wim Hof method training, some people can quickly go three minutes or longer. But that's just let's just put that into practice. Is it possible that breathing is thousands of times more important than hydration, which is 10x more important than your eating and nutrition? So... Best bang for the buck thing is to work on your breathing first. If you're going to work on something, then second, work on your hydration and third, work on your nutrition. They're all important, but if you have limited time, you got kids running around, you got a busy job, get your priorities in order, work on breathing. So I have this thing called get your A's in order, air first, agua second. And then my husband came up with this, um, um. It's third. <laughs> Get your A's in order. So that segues into the really good news because breathing, you can do anytime, anywhere. We all know how bad your body feels if you have toxicity, like if you can't poop. But it turns out that 70% of your body's detox mechanism happens through exhalation. So if you're really good at breathing deeply, inhaling fully, and most importantly, exhaling fully, you clean your body very well. 
And that's free. Anybody can do that at any time to take some deep breaths. Interesting. And most of us, I found this during the research for the book, most adult modern humans are breathing only 30% of their lung capacity. We're walking around maloxygenated all the time and we have dead air in the lower lobes of our lungs that's just trapping poisons. And if you take any deep breathing practice on a consistent basis, you can really quickly shift your energy states. So deep breaths, fresh air as much as possible is a a simple thing that anybody can do. And when you do deep breathing practice, you start to look at life with a completely different lens. Anybody who does deep breathing practice, they start to see almost like the, the world looks more beautiful and more colorful. Absolutely. And your mood is elevated. You have better energy. And I say, if you are bummed out about all the problems of our world, if you're not breathing well, if you're not hydrating well, you just stay in that muck of feeling depressed about it. But if you're well energized, if you're well oxygenated, if your chi, your prana is flowing through your being because you've got some simple movement practice going, if you gaze at the sunrise and sunset, if you're well hydrated, you have a different state of being, a different consciousness. Not everybody knows how to meditate because, you know, we think meditation is like sitting still on your butt looking all zen. But no, it doesn't have to be like that. It could be some big, deep breaths, like 10 deep ones like that. Instantly, you feel all high and people are like, what did you just, what drug are you on? It's like air. (laughs) And then you look at the world with a different lens and you think, you know what? Instead of being part of the problem, I want to be part of the solution. I'm going to vote with my dollar. I'm going to choose to vote. When the voting polls give me a choice, I'm going to vote a kinder way of living on this planet with less plastics, with less toxicity in our water. You're going to choose whatever you're passionate about. You actually have the energy to bring forth change in the world so that we don't have to stay stuck as part of the problem. We can be part of the solution. Whatever inspires you, you have the energy now and the inspiration to go be the change maker that you always knew in your heart and so you wanted to be. But you felt so beaten down by the fatigue that you didn't have the energy to go move these mountains in the world. And I believe that we all incarnated on the earth now for a very special purpose. This is like probably the most exciting place in the whole cosmos to be right now. Probably aliens are coming just like watching the show go down because it's so awesome what's happening. Just think about all the change in consciousness that has happened now versus just five or 10 years ago. This conversation that we're having Everybody's waking up to these things now. Five or 10 years ago, Matt, what we're talking about right now, the grounding and the the blue light blocker, all of this was like cutting edge stuff that people are like, no, that sounds crazy, right? But now most people actually know a thing or two about these things because we're all waking up so fast. So we need to keep that momentum alive so that more and more of us are choosing a different lifestyle, different way of being. And towards the end of my super wellness book, we actually become aware that most of life is about the energy, not just the energy that we have to do things, but the energy and kind of the coherent field that we radiate into the world. 
and that a lot of the change that we can make is by bringing a different kind of presence. We all have had that experience where you're in a, you know, high pressure meeting at work and a guy walks in who's like the really peaceful, grounded person and they just walk into their room and just by their pure presence, they don't have to say anything or do anything. The whole vibe of the meeting changes, right? So I'm encouraging all the listeners out there, you be that guy, you be that girl. And it might be things that you do on a physical level, but it might be even more important, the quality of energy that you choose to bring into your community, into your workplace, into your family and into the world. That just by taking beautiful care of your health, your physiology, literally just minding your own business, living your life in the most healthy, harmonious way possible. Naturally, as a side effect of that, you're going to emanate a more peaceful, coherent, healthy energy into the community. And that, to me, is the most powerful social activism. Because in the presence of you being that awesome, everybody's going to change. And they will naturally come to you and be like, what have you been doing? You look awesome. And you say, yeah, not much. I've been breathing. I've been drinking better water. I just take my lunch break outside, chew my food, and just get some sunlight every day. It's just simple stuff like that. And then, then that becomes infectious. Other people start doing it. Then we all meet life with a different state of energy, different consciousness. And this is how the whole world could change. It could be that simple. Well, Dr. E, thank you for that. And I wanted to say thank you for closing the loops as we go about our conversation, because I think that's so important for the listener to close the loop on on what we're talking about and for their brains to get that reward. And uh, it's something that I've been practicing in my own life because I tend to have an exciting conversation with someone and go from this point to this point to this point and kind of get lost in, in the moment yet not realize that, oh, wow, what were we just talking about before? So I wanted to acknowledge that you basically did answer how the way in which you're able to, to be so positive, again, because of these practices, which was my follow-up question. Uh, and I wanted to then bring us to a point about this point in history where we are. And as you said, this dissemination of ideas and the ability to do this through podcasts and YouTube and books and, and uh, blogging and social media, the ability to affect the world with a positive change is right there for the taking. And you said that we should try to be, if possible, that calm grounding force in the room, presence in the room. And clearly, if people are watching on YouTube right now, I'm sure they can hear it on iTunes, but it's even more so when they see you in person on YouTube. So I'd love to know how you're able to take these pauses in between sentences. And you seem to actually focus on your breathing while you're presenting your information. And I'd love to know if you have any secrets on how to continue to emanate that presence that the world really needs. Well, first of all, I want to just 
be honest that I'm not perfect. Just I'm a human being, just like anybody else. I have my cranky moments and (laughs) we're all here. As long as we have physical bodies, we're all here on planet Earth, still learning and growing and evolving all the time. Sure. Yeah, that's part of it. So I I hope that nobody out there, just because I wrote a best-selling book about health and wellness, doesn't mean that I have all the answers. I'm a student just like you. I've just figured out some really awesome shortcut, best bang for the buck ways that we can make life way easier for ourselves. And so the good news is that I'm somebody that cannot lie. I'm just a blunt, honest human being. And so in order for me to disseminate this information, I hold myself accountable. I have to put these things into practice, but I'm also running a couple of different businesses. I have my projects and webinars and retreats and all these things. And I am a mother and a wife and I've got family responsibilities. So I love that I use my life as a laboratory. What is the simplest, best being for the buck things that I could do for me? And if it works for me, then I love to teach classes and share with other people. And then people tell me what works, what doesn't work. And then over time, it distills into these powerful gems. And so everything that I've told you today about going outside as much as possible, taking breaks, not sitting in front of the computer, using blue light blockers, using the the water filter, I do at least 10 huge deep breaths to start every day. But if I have, I do sets of 30 or 40 deep breaths. I do little jumpies and Qigong Meridian practices. In fact, I have something called a 30-day super wellness challenge, which is just five to 10 minutes of day of kickstart your day every day with a simple five to 10 minute a day as a video program that I've put together to share actually exactly the routine that I do in my morning to prime my physiology. And it's based on some breath work and some Chinese Qigong practices that I've kind of like shortcutted and pieced together in a really short routine. Because as a mom and as a professional and as a writer and entrepreneur, my time is super squeezed too. And so I want to be super efficient. So I just record these videos to share with people what my morning routine is like. Great. And yeah, so I love practicing simple things and always reminding myself that it doesn't have to be so complicated. One of my favorite quotes, my personal trainer, I only really work out. I used to be an endurance Ironman athlete in my past. I was one of the original co-founders of San Francisco triathlon clubs, oh, wow. but now be mom, I don't have time to go ride my bike for six hours every weekend, you know? So I shortcut it. And, um, I do work out with a trainer once a week. His name is Charlie Reed, and um, he's actually featured on my podcast also. In that podcast, Charlie said this quote that I love so much. I say it to myself almost every day. He says, this world-class strength and conditioning coach named Mark Verstegen is famous for this quote. He says, the best in the world do simple things savagely well. <laughs> the best in the world do simple things savagely well. And so I remind myself every morning, if I want to be the best in the world at what I do to bring forth my passion, my mission, my purpose in life, what are those simple things that I could do today savagely well? Can I do 10 deep breaths, but not be frazzled during those? Really breathe deeply, be present, breathe as fully and as deliciously as I could, but just 10 deep breaths. 
I only have a few minutes before I got to run out the door and pick up my kid from preschool right now. But I have time for 10 deep breaths. How do I make those 10 deep breaths count like crazy? How do I bring my fullest presence to these 10 deep breaths? Because that's all the time I have right now for my self-care and exercise. Because I got motherhood, crazy things all day, podcast interviews, writing projects, webinars. I got a really full schedule, but I have time for 10 deep breaths. That's great. So that's my message to everybody listening is that we think we don't have time, but we do. If you just have five minutes, two minutes, make it count. It doesn't have to be complicated. That's so cool. And I think of a similar quote. I love that yours emphasizes doing something savagely well and making it count. I always think of, as you were saying, the small habits and the habit stacking is so important in, I believe it's the book, Good to Great by Jim Collins, just a, a you know, an amazing business book. Uh, one of most people would say it was, it's one of the best of all time. He talks about his friend who ended up winning a Ironman triathlon or, or one of these crazy events. And he talks about eating his cereal with a fork so that you don't get you know, you don't get the milk, which can cause congestion and triathletes. That's just something pretty widely known that they'll eat their cereal with a fork so that they don't have that dairy in them. But the point is that they're doing something so small yet so important. And that's what they say about companies who really do the little things right. Those are the ones that do go from good to great. And I think the the same could be said for humans and becoming super well as you're promoting. So Dr. E, thank you for for that. There's one more thing. There is a really interesting point that I wanted to bring up. And you talked about in your book, a dark room meditation. And I'm curious uh, about the the actual, the darkness in the room. This is not something that I've heard of. And uh, it sounds like you had an amazing experience with this. Could you share uh, a little bit, please? Oh my goodness. The beauty of that experience is almost indescribable. It's really hard to put into words. So in 2013, I went to a retreat led by one of my favorite meditation teachers. Her name is Jazz Muheen, and she's from Australia. And so she rents this special building that is designed for darkness meditation. Dark meditation is a tradition is considered a little bit more advanced meditation practice that is in many traditions. The ancient yogis would go meditate in a dark cave for prolonged periods. Ancient Qigong masters did it. The ancient Egyptian alchemists would do a practice like this. There's a special group of indigenous people in Colombia named the Kogi Mamas who their seers and shamans and teachers are often raised in mostly darkness for years. They're chosen and then they're groomed to practice darkness meditation for years and years and years before they come out and join the community. And it awakens such a state of ability to see into the spiritual and energetic dimension of life that that becomes their dominant reality and the physical world is just almost a secondary veil on top of it. They're like a, like we started the conversation, this, these practices makes activates your human capacity in such a state that you're almost a different breed of human, you know? So I only had a small taste of it. Jasmuheen's retreat was 11 days in which 
Nine days and nine nights are spent in complete darkness. And this place is called Tao Gardens, founded by a famous Qigong master named Mantak Chia. Mantak Chia built this special building that is designed for darkness meditation, where all the windows have a special covering on it. So there's ventilation, but not one single photon of light can come in. The building is serviced by staff on site who wear night vision goggles to come clean the building. But to come and go, they have to walk through like five layers of dark curtains to get into the building. Wow. So it's like a dark cave meditation, but you actually have modern amenities. You have a bed, you have toilets and bathrooms and you know they they bring juices and and water in and out of the building and so on it's really nice accommodations but it's in complete darkness so the first day you go in you get acclimated to the building and then first evening lights out and that's it for nine days and nine nights you meditate in complete darkness and hardly you know there's guided meditations but we don't really talk so Jasmuheen leads us through guided meditations while we're in the building, some guided self-care practices, some movements so we're not too stagnant. What happens is that the physiology is that when you're in darkness, everybody knows that your body makes melatonin. Well, as your body saturates in melatonin levels, you start to make what's called DMT, which is a visionary molecule that is considered to be responsible for the dream states that we all experience in the middle of the night. That's another huge reason why we should sleep in complete darkness because a lot of insights and processing can happen if we have the right physiology to drop deep into those states of visionary awareness. In the dark room meditation retreat, we stay in that almost dream state for nine days and nine nights. Wow. What was so amazing was that I lost all of my hunger. I realized that the first two or three days I slept a ton. I, did, I wasn't even sleep deprived. But in that state of complete darkness, I felt so peaceful. I just rested my body and frankly, my soul for the first few days. And then after that, I had no hunger and I had hardly any desire to sleep. So I was literally like awake for most of 24-7 for the subsequent days. And the insights just kept coming and coming and coming. Every time, like I had to build a new website, I was like, I want to build a new website for my business. And boom, it was just shown to me exactly how it should be. It was like downloads. All this information kept coming. And then I had all these beautiful experiences that will sound like, I don't know, an LSD trip or something, but I was not taking any substances from outside in. And they were beautifully aligned to whatever I wanted to meditate about. Everybody's had those experiences where you sit in meditation, you drop into a state of stillness and answers start coming to you. Well, in this case, the answers would come in a sensation in my body, in a aha moment feeling in my mind, but it would be shown to me like HDTV Omnivision times 1000 clarity of visionary experiences all at the same time. And so there are many stories of interesting unfoldings that happen throughout these days that are so many that eventually it needs to be a whole book, I think, because I came out of that retreat a completely changed person. 
But the last day when I walked out of the retreat, they give you sunglasses because even though it's sunset time when we walk out, it's still really bright. You need time to adjust your eyes to the light. Yes. But everything I looked at was so beautiful. All the colors had like a whole different dimensionality to it. And I was just, would just stare at the beauty of one flower, stare at the beauty and depth and dimensionality of one rock. And finally, when my eyes adjusted, I took off the sunglasses and looked at the sunset as it was just going down. And the beauty was so much that I just sobbed. The tears just started coming. But it was not just the beauty of that one thing I was looking at. It was the recognition that all my life and all of our lives were walking around not realizing how beautiful this life is, that this depth of intense beauty is all around us all the time, but we don't see it. We walk around in our heads all stressed out and depressed about stuff, but there's just intense beauty and abundance all around us that we're missing. So it was a sobbing of how beautiful it was. And it was also a mourning of us missing out on that. That most of us are missing out on how just gorgeous life is. And a commitment to myself that I want to be able to see life from the lens of that kind of beauty and appreciation forever from here on out. So I was a changed person after that. That's beautiful. Well, Dr. E, thank you so much for sharing. I wish we had more time and we could continue. We'll have to have you back on again for, for people who want to get your book. It's called Super Wellness, Become Your Own Best Healer, The Revolutionary New Formula for Creating True Vibrant Health. Where can people reach out to you online and get more involved with what you're doing? Yeah, the Super Wellness has its own dedicated website. Really easy. It's just superwellness.com. There's lots of awesome free videos. And if you click on the events tab, you will see all the information about upcoming uh, free webinars that we do and also all the various programs like the 30-day challenge, which gives you five to 10 minutes a day morning routines to kickstart your day. We have a six-week program, which is a much deeper dive at looking at the root causes of health versus the root causes of disease and how to stack these lifestyle practices in the smartest possible way. We have an awesome retreat coming up in July. So we have all these programs because everybody has different preferences and we're here to support you wholeheartedly in whatever way it works for you. So that's superwellness.com. And I have a podcast. Thank you so much for mentioning it. That explores a lot of these fascinating topics too. And the fa- easiest way is to just go to the dreshow.com, the dreshow.com, where you can find links to iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Google Play, and so on from there. Awesome. Well, Dr. E, thank you again. Uh, it's it's really been a pleasure. I hope people go out and, and they get involved. And uh, yeah, everyone, thanks for listening in. This is Matt Wilson. I'm here with Dr. Edith Ubuntu-Chan signing out. Thanks, everyone. Have an awesome day. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be with you today.